0: From the Auto Line studios, here is your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you for joining us on Auto Line this week, where the discussion for today's program is going to be all about engines. But not just any engines, the 10 best engines that are out there, as determined by the editorial staff of Ward's Auto. And we've got three of those editors joining us for today's show, including Tom Murphy, Drew Winter, and Bob Gritzinger. And it's great to have all three of you here to discuss this
1: great
0: to be here. Tom, we've done the show a couple of times in the mm-hmm. past, maybe more than just a couple. Bring the audience up to speed for those who may not remember or may not know how you go about we selecting what you determine to be the 10 best engines right. out there.
2: We only look at the engines that are all new or have been significantly improved. Uh, in the last year, you mean? Within the last year, for the 16 model year generally, a couple, well, we had one engine that was actually a 17 model and it took some doing for us to get it in time. Uh, but it didn't make the list. But um, so we look at the ten returning winners from last year, in addition to any that are all new. So that was that was twenty-one of those. So that brings us to our our field of uh, thirty-one vehicles. Price cap of sixty-one thousand dollars base price.
0: So uh, no exotic uh, engines no are going to make the list. No. This is for the general public primarily. This, yeah,
2: yeah, and and we always want to have a, a bread and butter type engine, something something that is affordable that everybody can you know, can can get. Um, and, and also we do our testing without any dynos. We, we drive them the way Americans drive cars, whether it's going to the grocery store, going on a road trip, uh, whatever. So, and, and we do that in October and November, we drive them around Detroit. Drew,
0: what do you do? You keep notes on these things? I mean, as Tom's saying, you're, you're not instrumenting these engines, but you must have some sort of checklist. Oh no, sure,
3: we've, we've got a, we've got a checklist that we go through that we fill out after every drive. Um, and we do have all of our uh, own little special drives that we do to, to evaluate certain things, sometimes certain pet peeves. And then, of course, there's an awful lot of uh, bantering and arguing in the hallways as well. So it's That's
0: like, always the best part of any yeah, kind of yeah, editorial absolutely. decision, right? Yeah. Uh, the arguing that goes yeah. into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a pet peeve. What's one of yours?
3: Uh, how well it drives in traffic as well. I, my personal car is a six-speed manual. And... Um, You know, if uh, I get caught in traffic a while, it gets old, so uh, it's one of my things. How it performs in stop and go
0: and all that kind of thing. And, and Bob, there's a lot of engines out there, all different kinds. What about hybrids? What about diesels? What
1: about electrics, pure electrics? uh, I think uh, Tom would point out it's not just engines anymore. It's propulsion systems. And so... Indeed, we do have a number of the new propulsion kind of vehicles on the list and some that didn't quite make the cut. So.
2: We had three hybrids um, that did oh,
1: make the, list. That no, the no, list, and we'll get into those in a minute.
2: For the first time ever, we've, we've had two at a time over the past many years. There, you know, there have been times when two made the list, but never... Never three at one
0: did, time. Did the editors pick up on any kind of trends? Is there anything where you all went, ooh, here's something interesting going on? Anything th- along that way That from an overview that you
2: could point out to we us? We were kind of feeling like this was the year of the hybrids. Uh, not, and I shouldn't just say hybrid generically because extended range electric vehicle was, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the plug-in. So, um, you know, the Volt was all new. The Prius was all new. Uh, those two have both made our list in the past. And this year... Uh, they made the list without any argument at all. I mean, they 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 just kind of sailed right onto the list. We were all impressed with the with the efficiency, you know, with with the ride quality. With I mean, I mean everything was just right with both of those. And then, and then the wild card that we weren't really expecting to to just bowl us over was the Hyundai Sonata plug-in hybrid. Mm-hmm. So we have all three food groups represented. Yeah. You know, the extended range EV, we got the standard hybrid, and then the plug-in hybrid. So that was important to us. And so. There's so much innovation in that in that area right now, and you know we're really glad to be able to highlight these three. It wasn't like we looked at each other and said we want to have three hybrids for the first time. It just happened. I mean, it was just a matter of these are really good. This is kind of the year of the hybrid. Well, it That's shows
3: how good they
1: came in,
2: and it shows yeah. how good
3: they've gotten, how much they've improved. You know, hybrids have had a fairly rough start. With uh, drivability issues and, and the whole fun-to-drive factor, and, and uh, these cars are now vastly improved. But, of course, we also still didn't manage to get some, some really powerful V8s and V6s on the list,
0: too. Good, and we'll get into that in a minute. And what about diesels? Because there's been so much controversy over Volkswagen and with its cheating software on, the, on diesel emission standards. Any diesels make the list? We
2: had one diesel, and it was the Ram 1500. Three liter eco diesel, it, it was on our list the past couple of years, so now it does a three peat. Uh, there were three diesels in the competition, so uh, the Ram beat out the Titan five liter V8. Uh,
0: That's the Nissan Titan using Nissan uh, Titan. an
2: engine from Cummins. Yep, right. Cummins. Cummins turbo diesel. And then, um, and then at the smaller side, uh, GM with the four cylinder 2.8 liter in the uh, Colorado and the Canyon pickups. And, uh, you know, it was NVH. It, was, it, it all came down to, you know, how quiet and, and, and how composed these engines were, uh, you know, as, as, as we put them through the duty cycle. Um,
0: and, and for those not familiar with the, the term NVH, noise, vibration, and harshness. Yep, and boy, yeah, diesels yep. tend to bring that along, they don't do. they?
3: They do. Right. Well, and just we should point out, too, there were no—Volkswagen uh, uh, actually gave back a, a couple of the awards that we— From years did. past. Yeah, yep. yeah. And uh, we didn't have any VWs on the list this year. Well, or at least Audis. they
0: stood up to that and gave the awards back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: No outies either.
0: No outies either. Let's go down the list here, and I, I, I've got wow. it, it all in front of me, and in no particular order, this inline-six, 3-liter, from BMW, turbocharged. Why'd it make the list? And inline-six, I mean, this mm-hmm. goes back to almost the very beginnings of the, the industry when we had inline engines so common. Today, of course, four-cylinders are pretty much
1: all inline, but inline-six... Yeah, but this is an, this is an all new engine for BMW, and this is part of this modular engine family. They can do a six, a four, a three they just lop off cylinders and they've uh, upgraded the turbo twenty percent higher boost they've they've just added a host of refinement to the engine and and special features that uh, improve it uh, higher output, twenty more horsepower uh, just uh, b m. w makes stellar engines and and this new one is is stellar. stellar.
3: Well, and you have to understand, too, an inline configuration is is the perfect balance for for an engine. The only reason that they're not popular now is because of packaging concerns. Now automakers have to worry about pedestrian protection and aerodynamics, and that's really causing most automakers to phase out the inlines because they can be Inline sixes. Inline sixes, yeah, inline sixes, yeah that, because they're, they're Speaking
0: of NVH, to, to Bob's point, right. boy, that's about as smooth as they yeah the mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Tom, your thoughts on that BMW engine? 27 miles per gallon. That's what, I mean, a number of us were, and you don't drive a car like that uh, just kind of leisurely through a neighborhood. You you really want to enjoy it, and and you make the, you know, the tack needle dance. Uh, it loves high RPM. It, it just revs so smoothly. And so, yeah, inline six. And, and, you know, we like to award clever engineering, so the idea that this is one family that just has, you know, start cutting off cylinders and now you're putting those engines in, into minis and into um, BMW X1 and so it's, it's really uh, cost efficient and it's great engineering and they're great engines. We had the other engines in there as well. We had the three cylinder in the mini and we had the four cylinder also in the mini John Cooper Works and that one was very close to, to making our list.
0: But still part of that family,
2: right? Still part of the family.
0: Very interesting. Now, let's go down to the next one on the list: a uh, three-point-six-liter V-six from Chevrolet, or Chevrolet's using it. It's obviously from GM Powertrain. Yeah. But Drew, why did this one make the list?
3: Wow! I mean, it was—we uh, haven't driven a V-six this good in a long time. I and, mean, and what, really, what
0: vehicles does this engine? This go
3: with? was in the Camaro, and it's also in the uh, uh, Cadillac um, ATS. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, those are the two key products we tested it in. And, uh, uh, but, man, in the Camaro, it's got lots of personality, great exhaust note, 335 horsepower. It's about the most powerful V6 you can get, I think. Yeah, well, and, uh, and that's
0: naturally aspirated, naturally aspirated. Right? aspirated no, uh, yeah. no turbo or supercharger. No, no,
2: yeah, and, and it's an all-new engine family. So they've had a 3.6-liter DI engine going back almost 10 years, uh, which also made our list a long time ago. And that engine became the workhorse... V6, you know, ac- across Cadillac and General Motors and GMC. I mean, every vehicle. It seemed like, uh, you know, the the Chevy Traverse, uh, you know, the compact pickup trucks. Every every vehicle uh, family tend to get, you know, a version of this uh, engine. And now, finally, this year, we've got an all completely reengineered version. Um, that carries over one piece and that's a little pin that uh <laughs> and other than that
0: so if you've had a 3.6 liter yeah. v6 in the past from general motors it's got nothing to do with this engine except for right. maybe a little pin it's, a it's little all there.
1: it's all new yep. <laughs> well and yep. this thing also performs almost like a v8 if if yep. you didn't know better you'd you'd swear there was a v8 under the hood. 335 the way, horsepower the okay. way it sounds in that camaro is
0: fabulous Okay, let's go to another V6 that you've got on the list, and I know this one's been on there forever, and that's the mm-hmm. Nissan three-and-a-half-liter V6. Yeah. Drew, why
3: does this keep making the list? Well, it, it it made it for about 14 years in a row, and then I think the last year was about 2000. 2000- Seven-year hiatus, yeah. so, so
2: from ninety-five to 2008, it made the list every year.
3: And one of the problems was everybody was benchmarking that engine, and pretty much the benchmarks, and then... then uh, uh, the, pretty much the benchmark started catching up with with the original benchmark, and so uh, it was off the list for all these uh, all these years, but then it came back, and this uh, it 's really been smoothed out even more fantastic fuel economy, great performance great mid range torque. Um, the whole thing is just a, a, a really superior package now.
0: So what you're saying is it's not like the engine got worse. No, it's just that everybody else got better. He and now really Nissan's gone back to the head of the class.
3: With right. in terms of this, you know, NVH or the refinement we talk about, uh, uh, it's really uh, setting the bar again. It's
2: and, you know, we've been begging for this engine from Nissan for a while because the VQ, the the bones of the VQ date back to 1995, and so there were very incremental improvements over the years for you know basically for 20 years and now finally this year this this vq that we have now on the list is not considered all new the block carries over certain parts carry over but 61 percent of the content is new and uh so and that's good enough
0: for you guys yeah yeah it's as
2: new as you know as you can do and so they save a lot of money and they still keep the port injection they don't go with you know with the direct injection but uh great fuel economy great power
1: Let's Smooth, t- refined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about. Uh, y-
0: you have a lot of four cylinders on the list here. What's this? Uh, 1.5 liter four cylinder. Uh, it also says 120 kilowatt drive motor. I got a feeling this is probably the new engine in the Volt. Chevy right? Volt. Chevy Volt. So tell me about that.
2: that. Well, that engine family. They they call it the SGA, the small gas, uh, small Perfect. gas engine family. Uh, that is going to be. Producing three and four cylinder engines lots of new three and four cylinder engines, maybe even a two cylinder engine in the future um, turbocharged and um, naturally aspirated, we had the turbo version in the Malibu which was which is very good and very affordable, but in this case naturally aspirated with a you know with a two drive uh, or, or a two motor drive um, in the volt and uh, we were just so impressed with how 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 smooth and and uh you know Amazing fuel economy numbers. We were able to plug this thing in all the time, basically every day, because we have a charger at our offices. And over the course of about a week, uh, we were running up about 227 miles per gallon because we were you know, staying Plugin out of gasoline time. mode. Yeah. yeah, but from a consumer's point of view, what you're going to see uh, compared
3: to the previous Volt is it has way more torque, way more power going from zero to 30 miles an hour. It really makes the car feel... St- 40 and, fun. and you're the
0: one who wants to and know how it drives in traffic, exactly. so it's perfect
3: mm-hmm. Oh, for yeah, and it's, it's, it, and it's a terrific, uh, it's <clears throat> the, everything is smoothed out. It's, it's the engine itself is 100 pounds lighter, which is a big deal. The battery is uh, 20 pounds lighter, but also in this, it, it, uh, the, ex- the battery range has actually been extended from 38 miles to 53 miles. So really, you could, just about anybody can do a full commute on only electric power. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun to drive, great electric distance, and then plus you can drive it forever with the extended range feature. So this really, I think this is a game changer in terms of um, creating an electric car or a plug-in that is going to be attracted to people other than folks interested
2: in EVs. So we had somebody who, who took the Volt on a road trip 227 miles, and still at the end of that, uh, be, you know, even though most of the trip was on gasoline, forty-four miles per gallon, which is which is pretty darn good. Okay, let, yeah. all right, sorry, Every, go ahead. Ben.
1: I mean, everything that we liked about the original Volt is in this car, and everything that we didn't like is now fixed. <laughs> it's a great car. Okay, well, let's
0: keep going. Let's go down to this uh, uh, one point eight liter four cylinder with fifty-three kilowatt drive motor, and I got to believe that's going in the new Prius. Yeah, tell me about this, Bob. What
1: are, what's your reaction? Uh, if you liked, it, it, there are people out there who love the Prius. They're they're just you know greenies, big time, and they're gonna love this car. Uh, extends the range, mm-hmm. um, uh, fuel economy. Even when even when I was hammering it. I think only got down to 47 miles per gallon, a measly 47 miles per gallon.
2: I wasn't even trying and I got 61 miles per gallon in it. And what we noticed in a lot of the vehicles this year, and I know this is not entirely new, but the trend seems to really be spreading. And that is a lot of um, ability to to pick your mode for driving. You can be, you know, if you really want to be efficient, then there's the eco button. If you just want standard driving, there's comfort or normal. Then if you want a little boost, hit the power button, and, you know, it's... You can really pass on a
3: two-lane. You can do whatever you want. And just for the engine geeks out there, the engine itself is 40%. The thermal efficiency of the engine is 40%, which is a world best. uh, So that's, you know, maybe the average consumer isn't concerned about that, but engineers, that's really big news. Well,
0: you you see that in the MPG numbers, too. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, let's jump down another one because we're still sticking with the four-cylinders this side. and this is very intriguing to me, from Volvo going in the XC90, this 2-liter yep. that has both a turbocharger and a supercharger. What do you all think of that? Well,
2: you do it you know, because you want the supercharger to get you off the line, and then you know, the supercharger is going to basically run out of breath. So then the turbocharger takes over and carries you on into the upper, you know, the upper RPM. Uh, we just like the idea that this tiny engine can move a 7-passenger CUV that weighs 4,300 pounds, I'm sorry, more than that, uh, it's heavier than that. I know that, yeah. but
0: yeah. probably but closer to five yeah. thousand right? yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's anyway, uh, great efficiency and really you never feel underpowered at all. And, and never again, feel
3: underpowered. I mean, it's like you feel. Yeah. It feels like a you know a, a V eight. Yeah, this is I, a tiny little two liter engine that feels like a V eight.
1: Yeah. I I loaded it up with four adults and all their gear and did a uh, seventeen hundred mile road trip. Uh, posted around twenty three, twenty four miles per gallon and never wanted for power, whether off the line or passing on the highway. I mean, people have done supercharging and tub- turbocharging, but this, this hits it. This is perfect.
0: Don't you think this we, is going to be a trend that we're going to see more of then? Absolutely. Turbos with know, superchargers.
1: Complexity. It's complexity, though. So yeah. uh, You, know, you, know, you can do it at the price
2: help. point of a Volvo, maybe, but uh, you know, kind of bread and butter sector, I'm not sure about that. Yeah.
0: And uh, sticking with two-liter engines, uh, but now we're going to talk of the boxer variety, mm-hmm. uh, this turbocharged boxer that's in uh, Subaru. What, what, what's new about it? Why did it make the
2: list? It's actually not new. It carried over from last year. This is one of only two returning winners. One was one was, of course, the the Ram uh, diesel, and now and, and now the WRX uh, with this two-liter FA. Boxer um, that, that is turbocharged, that gives us 27, 28 miles per gallon, even though you're thrashing on it. Um, and we feel that Subaru has dealt with a lot of the raspiness of the Boxer engine. For, you know, for many years, used to feel like a you know, Subaru may, maybe was a little too gritty or too raspy, but they've, they've dealt with a lot of those NVH issues. Um, really enjoyable to drive. And you know this is a case of a, you know, a, a, a small and powerful engine, 258 horsepower, Uh, powering a smaller vehicle so it's about packaging you know you can you can make a lot of power you can make a small car seem really fast even with a small engine uh, Mm you know if you have the proper integration and you know the right amount of boost
0: it's amazing to me that uh, Subaru still has these boxer engines which are you know also called pancake and yes because the cylinders lie flat Porsche is the only other one that I'm aware of that has a a boxer engine why do you guys suppose that Subaru sticks with
1: this Flat low center of gravity. Low
2: center of gravity. Yeah, and yeah. it's also 268
3: horsepower. Just want to correct okay. that. Yeah. Okay. So we, oh, they've sorry. got a durable solution too. I mean, mm-hmm. the engines are durable. The whole cars. The cars are durable, and it's clearly it's a formula. It's working for them. You know, the other thing I wonder
0: too is it does have a different sound and feel to it. Mm-hmm. A boxer engine yeah. does. I wonder if that is something that part of the brand Subaru, character. Brand yeah. character. Exactly right. Part of the brand DNA. It's not
2: hurting their sales. I mean, they have a lot of boxer engines out there, and they're they're selling them. No. Selling them in legacies, and they're selling them in Outbacks, and so forth.
0: Tom, you had talked about this earlier. We're still on two-liter four-cylinder engines. This one with a 50 kilowatt motor from Hyundai. You were raving
2: about this. It's not a plug-in hybrid. I I was not prepared to like this one so much, but 27 miles of electric range before gasoline engine is really doing some some uh, significant work, and uh, <laughs> yeah, 80 miles per gallon. We were noting at one point. But what's great about this is that this two-liter Direct injection engine is is so smooth and really powerful that when you switch, you know, as, as I talked about, the eco mode and also the power mode, actually when you press that power mode, you actually feel the springs of the seat compress a little bit. Like, wow, it's, it's almost like you kicked down a gear or something like that. That engine is that good. We're not used to seeing really good engines sometimes paired up with hybrids, but I, I think this is going to be a coming trend where consistently it's not just about the electric side of it it's let's let's really integrate also a great gasoline engine
1: really really well integrated great uh, management of the powertrain where you can uh, it it will indicate 30 miles of electric range Mm -hmm. and you drive it 30 miles and you still have eight miles of electric range because it's done such a great job of regen and and keeping that battery fresh so regen of course
0: being when you get on the brakes Right. You're actually putting juice back into the battery, not right. just using yeah. it.
1: And, and uh, actually
2: not even just stepping on the brakes. You take your foot off the gas, and you can watch the energy flow. So then the you know, energy is going in the opposite direction. Instead of the energy going to the wheels, now the... Or yeah. instead of it going from the engine to the wheels, now it's, now it's going to the battery from the wheels back to the batteries. Powertrain
0: yeah. sort of braking. Yeah. Very
2: interesting. So I mean, bottom line, as
0: you guys are saying, hybrids are really starting to hit a point where they'll appeal to the masses, not just, as Bob says, the greenies.
2: Even yeah. though they're not selling and even though gas is so inexpensive. That's, I mean, that's the, that's the difficult uh, situation here that, uh, you know, th- this is really a great time for hybrids and 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 even electric vehicles but the market i think is not quite right for it
3: yeah so when
2: gas goes up it will eventually
3: they'll be ready there's yep. a lot of great a lot of great fuel-efficient cars out there
0: okay let's talk about the v8 on the list the 5.2 liter uh, dual overhead yeah. cam from ford uh... what's that going bob and why'd you guys
1: like it so much? well what did we have in that 500 and 526 horsepower. Six horsepower. <laughs> so is
0: this mustang GT gt350 flat crank
1: Flat plane crank, crank, uh, great sounds. I believe I said just, you know, turn off off the sound system, turn on the symphony (laughs) of the 5.2 liter V8. Mm -hmm. It sounds beautiful. And the power is there across the range. Any gear, it seems like. And
3: naturally aspirated. No turbos or superchargers or anything. No tricks, yeah. It revs to 8,250 RPM. Hey, I heard this engine's actually made in Germany.
0: Do you guys know is that right? No, no,
1: uh-uh, not at yeah. all. No, it's made no. across the river in, uh, in Canada. Windsor. Oh, yes. okay, good. That's they're... where they do all of, the, all of the work on the block, as well as the uh, spray-in cast-iron cylinder liner, the hmm. iron cylinder liner. Instead of doing a normal cast-iron liner that takes up a lot of space, they're now doing the spray-in process that they used to do in Germany for the Ford GT. Now they've brought it in-house, at their plant in Windsor, and they they do that there. They do the honing, then they ship the block up to Romeo, and the engine is assembled there. Good. Well, I'm so. glad I, I had been misinformed. Well, so. you you yeah. may have confused it with the GT engine. Okay, from the past. maybe that was it then. But
0: clearly, I mean, it's so interesting to have this conversation go from hybrids and getting 70 or whatever miles per gallon to this just flat out. Essentially, what is a race car
1: engine, right? Yeah, I mean, but, this is a track but, engine. Uh, at one point, I think I got 19 out of it. <laughs> yeah. it's, I'm not sure what I was doing, but it was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To put it into
2: context, now, last year we had the General Motors LT1 6.2 liter V8, naturally aspirated pushrod V8 engine. Uh, you know, In the Corvette, past two years, it's been on our list, making 460 horsepower. Mm-hmm. So now we go to... Smaller displacement, five point two liter, making five hundred and twenty six horsepower. Which, you know, just the idea of achieving that much power uh, yeah. you know, in a naturally aspirated engine is pretty remarkable. And when you drive it, it it's, it, it feels um, to to cycle it up to five, six, seven thousand RPM, and to have it and to have the engine seem to to relish, I mean, absolutely relish the high RPM, is uh, it's just amazing to drive. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so we, we're,
0: get, we're getting down towards the end. we get, we got one more engine that we've got to get to here, and that's that 3-liter V6 diesel that uh, Fiat Chrysler is using. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you drive it in? Why did it make the
1: list? Mm-hmm. Drove it in the Ram 1500. Uh, it's a returning, returning engine. Winner.
3: Third for the third
1: year, I think. Three feet, yeah. yeah. Three feet, yep. And, uh, and it's all about refinement. You don't really even know that there's a diesel in that pickup until you go out and go to the pump
3: you could easily see this in an Audi SUV or, or, or any German luxury car.
2: They use it in Maserati.
0: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They put it in Maserati. Wow.
0: Now, this engine's actually made in Italy, is that it right? Is made in Italy. Yeah.
2: And they had to, because the demand was so high, they had to rejigger some of the, the uh, plant uh, sequencing, some of the, some of the uh, manufacturing bottlenecks, as uh, Bob Lee <laughs> described them. They had to work that out so they could get more engines shipped here to the U.S. for the truck.
3: But in very high tech, uh, compacted graphite iron uh, block, and, and um, mm-hmm. lots of new technology, but really a really a smooth um, benchmark S- engine.
1: Torquey, yeah. four hundred and twenty pound feet of torque. Four hundred and twenty. Yep. Yeah. And I
0: want to say too, uh, I I think in the Ram fifteen hundred pickup truck, I, I want to say. Twenty percent of them are. It's not quite rate. that high. It's, no, it's close. We've, we've been
2: writing a lot 17. about that throughout the yeah. year. And yeah, yeah. It's been cycling higher, uh, but uh, but more diesels than anybody else is selling. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, for light and, duty. Yeah. And in that sector, it's it's the perfect engine. I mean, we had two other diesels that we tested this year, and that was the you know the four cylinder and also the five liter uh, oh. diesel in the in, in the you know, yeah in the in the uh, Nissan Titan. Um, clearly, this three liter was so much better. Just. Because it, you know, the NVH was was ideal, and it still is tow- You know, it's it's still able to tow a big load, and we just really like that one.
0: With that, we're going to have to wrap it up. Very interesting discussion about the ten best and en- I, I, not the engines. Pow- what'd you call it? Power propulsion systems. Propulsion systems. Propulsion systems. Yes, that's where we are. <laughs> 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 I want to thank you guys. It's for a new for day John. coming in here. <laughs> Tom Murphy, Drew Winter, Bob Gritzinger. Great having y'all here talking about Ward's Autos ten best. I want to thank all of you for having tuned in as well.